Good morning, Abundant Life. How are you this morning? You're live and well. It's good to see you out. And uh, wow, what an amazing time together in the presence of Jesus. That's what this is all about. There's something powerful about a team of like-minded people. Common goals, common direction. In the family of God, there's a commonness. I'm going to talk about that today. But, you know, uh, in July of 1961, 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for their first day of training camp. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I knew we'd get that. It's all right. Vince Lombardi, the great Vince Lombardi, he took nothing for granted. And he began a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming that the players were blank slates who carried over no knowledge from the year before. And he began with the most elemental statement of all. And this is what he said. Gentlemen, he said, holding a pigskin in his right hand, this is a football. The elements, the fundamentals, they understand that any winning coach out there, any winning team has got to come to understand that there are primary fundamentals that have to be mastered in order to take ground and win championships. You know that? The great John Wooden, you know, we know the basketball coach, he taught his players every year, sat them down in the locker room and said, this is how you put your socks on and this is how you tie your shoes. Every year. There were the fundamentals we understand in our life that we understand nearly every area of our life is bore down, bore, it, it bores down to core tasks. Essential components that must be mastered if we truly want to be good at it. You know, when you and I took our beginning steps towards God and he loved us first, amen, we didn't love him first, he loved us first. And when we took those fundamental steps towards God and we made Jesus our personal Lord and Savior, we see that we will individually redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you understand that your destination is in heaven at that point. But that means your primary identity is not in your race, your money, or your face. It's in the fact that you are adopted by Jesus and part of his family now. That just as a baby is born in a family, enters something bigger than himself or herself, it's the same way when a baby is born into the kingdom of God that, that they are not born in isolation. They are born into community, and that community is called the family of God. If you hear me, say yes. You're born into something greater. It's the family of God. In, in a world today that is full of disunity and disagreements, the church has the answer, and it's the answer of God's grace. It's what the world is starving for right now at this moment. That what unites us is greater than what divides us. That we are all broken. We are all sinners. We are all selfish. We fail and we are desperately in need of a Savior. We are desperately in need of a Savior. And you see that through the grace of God, grace closes the ground and bridges the gap between people so that we can come together as one. Now, we said last week in taking ground, there's one of three things happen in a football game when the ball is in your hand. 
When the ball is in your hands, one of three things is going to happen. The first one we talked about was you could lose ground. If you're out on the field, you could actually lose ground when the ball is in your hands. You, you know, you're getting further from the goalpost. The second we talked about last week was you could maintain ground, stay right where you're at, which ultimately means you lose ground. And then number three, we said you could take ground. Can you say that with me? Take ground. We can take ground. And so today, we have to understand the greatest power in taking ground is unity around the vision. It's unity around a common goal. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us of this. If you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, we're going to look at this where he brings out this powerful component in the fundamentals, where there is unity, there is power. Where there is unity, there is power. There is power in a united church going together. All of us in this room have seen family chaos. We've recognized that. Husband and wives that are fighting, parents and children who are in conflict. Look around, if you will, for just a moment. Look around inside of this room and just see the diversity. Come on, just look behind you, around you, front, behind, sideways, down, up, all the way around. There is diversity. That because each of us drove out of our neighborhood today from our home and we drove here, we have different upbringings. We have things that are different in where we grew up in and, and the different parts of the nation or parts of the world. But you realize it's a wonderful place when there is peace and tranquility and there is harmony and there's no place like it. And you hunger for it and you want it more than anything else. So you see, but that raises the question, what is unity and how does it work? See, I under, there's sometimes a misunderstanding in the world we live in and sometimes in the body of Christ that really what is unity and the Apostle Paul is going to show us what unity really is and how do you get there. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul speaks to this church at Corinth and shares with them God's desire. Not his own. He says this is God's desire. As you look in that, he takes us back to the fundamental truths of Scripture and begins building on that. And here's what he says, verse 12. Even as the body is what? One. And yet has many members. All the members of the body, though are many, are how many body? One body. So also Jesus Christ. For by one spirit, we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we've been all made to drink from one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Obviously, there's a key number that is going on here, and it is the number one. It is the number one, because you see, unity means one. Unity refers to oneness, but don't misunderstand the definition Unity refers to oneness, but it does not refer to sameness. It refers to oneness, but it does not refer to sameness. And let's make the dis distinction of this. A lot of husbands and wives try to spend a crazy amount of time trying to change one another. Are you with me? Trust me, if both of you were the same, one of you would be unnecessary. Are you with me? Are you with me today, okay? So the biggest waste of time is trying to change somebody unless there is something fundamentally wrong with them, unless it's a sin issue or something like that. But the fact is, different, that's the way it should be, right? Many people say, we can't be one because we're so different. You ever hear that in the world we live in? If you weren't different, you couldn't be one. You could be the same, but you couldn't be one. 
So you see inside of Scripture, you're seeing unity is simply uniqueness in harmony. It's uniqueness in harmony. It's not everybody being the same. It's all different people coming together, moving towards a common goal and a goal line. The reason why there is so much division in families and our churches in this world because people are focusing on the wrong thing. And the Apostle Paul brings us back to the fundamentals of why we're doing what we're called to do. Who we are and who we're supposed to be as Christians individually and then Christians corporately inside of the church. Suppose on the football team everybody was the quarterback. Well, you got a problem, right? There's nobody to catch the ball. If everybody was the receiver, well, you got a problem. Everybody's running back. Well, you got a problem. The thing that makes a team a team is different positions, but there's one thing in common among different positions, and that is this. We're going towards the goal line. That is where we're headed. That's where it is. And this play is designed to get us to the goal. So one of the reasons amongst the many we have conflict in our home is that often we as men have not set forth the goal line for our families. And when the quarterback doesn't call the play, he doesn't know the play, so all the family members are going in crazy different directions. The kids are over here, they're one over here. Wife's going that way, this way, that, and I'm going on my own way. It's because the call was not made by the quarterback in the home to lead them towards the goal post. So you got people running everywhere. Because we talked about last week, where there is no vision, people perish. Right? But I remember growing up in my home that my father said, hey, what's going to happen in our home while you're here underneath our roof? And I wish more parents would say this that would get the vision of this and not be afraid of your kids, right? And, 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 and you, know, you know what I'm talking about there? Different message, yeah, different time for that. But that, but, uh, but that I remember over our door going out of our house was, Growing up, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And then you call the play so that everybody can be involved inside of the play so that they know which way they are to go. So that we have a common goal, and here's how we're going to get to it. We're headed that way. We're going towards the uprights, and this is how we're going to play. And so here's how you contribute to it inside of the family. This is how we're going to do it. Don't blame the team if the quarterback is not in the huddle. In the family of God, unity is commonness of purpose. That there's a commonness of purpose. You know, our worship team is made up of different instruments and, and singers. Everybody is not playing the same instrument, nor is everybody playing the same part. They should be playing the same tune. Right? They ought to be on the same page musically. There should not be unclarity on the song that we are playing. Even singing together today, there's a feeling of harmony. Do you feel it? Amen? Both musically and spiritually, scientists from the University of Gothenburg have shown that singing in unison actually causes heartbeats to synchronize. Did you understand that there's a deeper work that's going on while you and I come and we get to sing together and worship the Lord, that our heartbeats literally have synchronicity as we are singing together? Did you know that was happening? Some of you did. Some of you didn't but that we are in synchronicity together headed towards a goalpost of worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and what an honor it is. What an honor it is. Paul says the unity in the body is where the body is made up of many members. This is Paul's major analogy of the church. This is where he's showing this. So it's oneness, but it's not sameness, right? In the Olympics, the players come. They come together of different events. They're going to participate 
in, but one thing is true, that they're all representing the nation that they came to represent. When Olympian wins an event, they don't ask, hey, gold medalist, um, yes, what is your favorite song so we can play it? No, they play the national anthem of the country they represent because why? They are part of something bigger and part of something greater. And that is the body of Christ. And we're not just out here singing our own thing while we're in church. Wow, it's about me. Look at me, God. Look at me. Yes, I, me. It's about us. It's about we. It's about we. Yeah. It's about us together. One of the biggest problems in families is single people getting married and still trying to be single. Listen, this happens, and you got to know this, that, listen, the top three reasons I tell people, the re- top three reasons for separation and divorce, self, self, and self. You got that? Good. Selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. I want my own way. 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 We're married now, but I want my own way. You want your own way. Well, how are you ever to come together? Because now you have a greater purpose under the house to do something for the King of kings and Lord of lords who thought up marriage in the... Anyways, but yes, one of the big problems is we got, the why he, this is why the Apostle Paul makes a statement in verse 13. Jews, Greeks, slaves, and free. Different people, different races, cultures, classes, and backgrounds. But once you come into the family of God, your uniqueness and difference is to plug into something bigger, into something greater. You ever seen a marching band out on the field and you see somebody that's not in step with the rest of the marching band? You're like, that is really distracting. It looks really funny, right? It, that doesn't, it just doesn't line up, and that's true. Have you ever listened to a group sing and one person's out of tune? That is a distraction. Unless you're supposed to be a soloist, you're supposed to be singing in harmony with the rest of the group, not distracting from the greater picture. There are many members, but there is one body. So what causes this thing? How do we bring this together? We, we have so many differences inside of this room, understandably. So every church is called to manifest this concept of unity. It doesn't matter what church you've ever been a part of. That's, that's called to bring together this concept of unity. This church is called to bring together the concept of unity. So we have people with different backgrounds and heritages, and we celebrate that and are thankful for that. Different economic statuses. What will bring this thing together so chaos won't rule? Because there's a lot of chaos that's ruling in our world. And many, of, many times it's made its way right into the church and has sat down and somebody is singing their own tune. They're expected to go by their program and their agenda, but how do we bring this thing together? Well, the Apostle Paul has an answer. I love Scripture because the Apostle Paul just lays this straight. Here's how you bring this thing together. He says, this is how you begin to do that. How do you pull it together? Well, somebody tell me what the problem is with oil and water. Yes, right. So they're different natures. They're different mixture. Many couples feel like we can't make it. We're too different. He stays up late. I go to bed early. He likes it cold. I like it hot. There are differences that then go way deeper than that. Always in conflict. So what is going to overrule the chaos, the distraction, and the disunity? Well, well, can oil and water mix? Well, the correct answer is oil and water can't mix unless it has an emulsifier. 
And emulsifiers are designed to bridge the gap between the inability of the oil and the inability of the water to coagulate. So when you go home today, your kids are used to sharing what you, they learn in kids' ministry. I want you to tell your kids when they say, what did you learn today, Mom and Dad? Coagulate. I learned the word coagulate today. Emulsifier. That's good stuff. Right? I mean, those of you like mayonnaise on your sandwich. Yeah, you bring, it, you bring it together. You understand what a real sandwich is about. You put mayonnaise on it. You come and you're like, this is, you know, so you see, how do, how do you get oil that is in mayonnaise and water to work together from this thick paste? Well, the reason why mayonnaise is thick and sturdy, it doesn't separate, even though there's a mixture in the mayonnaise of oil and water, it's that they have been emulsified by the eggs. You see, eggs are put into the mayonnaise, not merely for the purpose of taste, but for the purpose of keeping oil and water hanging out together. See, so what you have is you have, you have the egg. I'm going to represent the egg today, all right? Somebody kidding me, green eggs and ham. I really, that, was, yeah, that was Pam Hedrick. She's witty, all right? But see, see, but see I'm going to represent the egg. So what you have inside the concept there is when you come and try to get mayonnaise, well, yeah, you got oil on one side and water on another. Well, the egg comes in the middle as they're mixed together, and it reaches out to the oil, and it reaches out to the water, and it pulls them together to make an amazing combination. See, yeah, well, I, I decided to hang out over here, and this person, I'm going to hang out over here. But when the work of the Holy Spirit of God comes together in the middle, it brings those two together, and now we can mix it. Now we can get together. Now we can love one another, even though we have a lot of differences together. Amen? We can do it, right? So there's a beautiful thing there, right? We get to hang out together. That's amazing. I don't know about you, but I love Sundays when we come together because you and I get to hang out together. We get to have relationship together, amen? We can put aside our differences and we can come inside of this room and say, you know what, we get to hang out for a little while. Because why? Because we love God and we're singing the same song together. It's the song of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, amen? See, that's why Paul says oneness can be achieved in the Spirit. Why can we plant another church and be one church at two locations because the Spirit of God. Amen? Yeah, we're not out here doing our two own separate things. Yeah, there's uniqueness. It's not sameness, but it's unity. It's unity. So check out verse 4. I love this. And there's verse 5. The same Spirit, the same Lord. 6, the same God. Verse 8, the same Spirit. Verse 9, the same Spirit. Verse 11, the same Spirit. He says in verse 14, one spirit. Do you get the impression that this is, a, this is tad important? The same, the same, the same, one, 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 the same. He calls the unity of the church the unity of the spirit. We're trying to create unity in the flesh that only can be achieved by unity in the spirit. I hope you heard that. We got a world that is trying to bring unity together, and yes, we have a world that is disunified in so many different areas, and we see that, and we, and we, and we see that. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something that uh, we were reminded again this week at, at a minister's retreat that we went to is, you know, so many people are bringing the politics of the world into the church and causing there to be such a disunity. And church, can I remind you something? We are under the house of God. 
Amen. You got differences. Most of you got an opinion. Many of you got 20 opinions right now about what I just said. But when you come under the house of God, you say, listen, this is the house of the Lord. And even though we got differences, I'm going to come in. I can love you genuinely. I can be authentic in front of you. And I love you no matter what you've gone through or what you've done or even what you stand for. We love you and we love one another. See, that's, there's a greatness that happens under the house of God. Amen. That we can... Bring this together. So people are trying to create unity in the flesh that never works because the Apostle Paul says because the way that you do it is you have unity through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. That's what God's presence. That's what he's saying here. And so it is important. You see this. And so it's the coming together of the, the oil and the water and, and bringing the emulsification. So without the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit, we're pulling together on our own. And we're, that's why we run into the conflicts that we have. The idea, understand this, the idea that Jews and Gentiles could go to the same church was inconceivable in the Bible. I am not going to hang out with you. You're different from me. You look different. You represent something so different from me. I don't even want you in my house. You see this, this idea, wow, that, that there was no possible thought you could get these two people to sit down together. The idea that blacks and whites and Hispanics and Asians could be in the presence of God together with different backgrounds and histories, everything, it speaks, oh, it speaks that, listen, that if we do this, that the Spirit of God has shown up and he has shown out his power, that he would get the glory, not us individually, but Jesus, amen. So... We haven't been able to unify racially and cross-culturally, even in the same race. Why do churches split and people fight? Why do family breakups happen? Because there's an absence of the Spirit. That's the Apostle Paul. That's not me speaking. That's the Apostle Paul speaking today. So you can take that one to the bank because it's in the church. It's in the Word. The problem is different members are not operating in the same Spirit. What are they operating in? Their own Spirit. When I come in here, I'm going to do my thing because it is about me. When I come in here and I'm going to lead that ministry, well, I'm going to come in here and do my own thing. No, no, no. Now, you are under the house now. You're under God. We're all under God. We're underneath that umbrella that we will do in accordance with his word in one accord. That's the way we're moving. And the common goalpost is shown for what it is, right? And we do it in the spirit, not the flesh. You know, there may be some religion, there may be some church attendance, but there many times is not much Holy Spirit. There's an absence of the work of the Spirit many times. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. It'll be on the screen behind me if you don't have your word with you. Make every effort to keep the unity of what? The Spirit. Through the bond of peace. When I grew up uh, helping my dad in the garage, maybe like many of you, and I was there. But when my dad said, John, I want you to go over to that top drawer, I, you know, like I can see it in my mind's eye, the top metal drawer. I can see it sitting on my dad's garage floor. It's still there today. And he says, John, I want you to go get me the bondo. And when I open the drawer and I pull out the bondo and I hand it to my dad, I realized at that moment, when you put the bondo on something, it becomes one with whatever it's stuck to. He said, that was, that's what it's about. He said, it's bonded by the spirit of peace. You can't un that moment. 
And if you try, you will destroy the greater work or try to destroy the greater work of God in your family or in in the church or in your workplace or on your campus, student, that God is saying, hey, there's a bond of peace that I want you to understand that it's held together by that. He said, I want you to preserve the Spirit's unity, not your unity. It's the Holy Spirit's unity. It's the unity fostered by the Spirit of heaven. John 17, I can't go into read it all, but you've, you've read this passage before, I'm sure, Verses 21 through 23, Jesus is praying to his father, and he's saying, listen, God, I come under you because, God, you are my father, and I submit to you, and I yield to you, and you and I are one. You and I are one. He said, and I want all the believers out there, all my children, that they would have that same spirit within them, that they would have the same spirit of unity, that they would come under alignment and come underneath one name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, man, if my children could just catch that and get that, there would be so much power. And and then when when they get that, uh, the world out there will know that I am real. You only get church unity when you have corporate humility. You don't get it any other way. I'm sorry the world teaches you something different. Get on top, put your foot on their back, and climb higher. The Apostle Paul says, you only get unity, you only have unity when you have corporate humility. That, Lord, I know that I could have a greater cause and do that, but no, I'm yielding myself to you, so I come and I bring it under alignment. Now, if I'm the devil, no comment on that. Now, if I'm the devil for just a moment. If, if I'm the devil, and I, then I know if you ever become one, God is going to take and treat you like it treats his son. Then guess what? I'm going to spend, if I'm the devil, I'm going to spend all of my time causing chaos, causing fights, cusses, divisions. I'm going to not only make the mess, I'm going to continue to stir the mess. I'm going to continue to stir it up. You know, the enemy is doing a pretty good job. we got to understand there's common ground in the work of God, and there's common ground in the work of his spirit of unity. So if I'm the devil, I'm going to come, and I'm going to work on your marriage. I'm going I'm to work you over to cause divisions and strife in your home, misunderstandings. And not only that, I'm going to do it in the church. I'm going to bring those things in because that way I can get people to operate in the flesh. I get them outside of the spirit and the covering of God and the covering of accountability. I can get people to work rogue. I can get people to work and be their own maverick. If I can just get people to do that, the devil is just stirring that up. But God, God is saying Through Jesus, wow, if we can just get them and they'll come under alignment, they'll know that I'm real. So what causes division? I want to point this out to you, James chapter 4 and verse 1. This is the answer. Not only to the divisions that happen in our home, possibly in the church realm, in your workplace, at your school, whatever it may be, wherever you are at, wherever there's relationships, there's the opportunity there. It's not a great opportunity, but it's an opportunity for division and strife, but it's also an opportunity for unity. But James chapter 4, verse 1 says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? You know, these, world, these wars in, in, in our nations. Do you think they just happen? This is the message Bible. I love it. Do, they, do you think they just happen? Think again. 
They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside of yourselves. That is how divisions come. That is how strife comes because why? I want my way. I want it here and I want it now and I will do anything it takes. He's saying, listen, you want your own way. And let me tell you something. A lot of people that I see that have disagreements in our world, what are they doing? They're just standing up because they want their own way. I want my own way. I should have my own way. I've been here. I've been titled. I, blah, blah. I got this. I got money. I got status. I got this. I've been here long enough. No, 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 no. Under the house of God, we do that forever. We come and say, yeah, hey, thank God for your opinion. That's great. But now we are aligning ourselves under the house and under the accountability and under the umbrella of God. And what his word says is greater. You have to understand something about God. He does not work where there is division. Some of you are praying for unity today, and there's division in your life. What are you praying for? That thing, that'll tear you apart. Are you praying in concert with where you're headed? He only works where there is oneness. You've got to be going in the same direction. That's why we said the goalpost, the goalpost, the goalpost. That there are multiple streams. There are multiple campuses of where God is leading us to in concert with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God links you and the Father and the Holy Spirit together, moving in the same direction. So goalposts settle that issue. Oh, that, yeah, that means yeah, there's still going to be problems. Oh, absolutely. But goalposts settle the issue that, no, no, this is the way we're headed. We're not going your direction. We're going this direction. And listen, I want to say this again, that the main thing has got to be kept. The main thing is the main thing. And the main thing in this church is Jesus Christ. Him alone and Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. That's this church. And listen. We will pull down the distractions that keep it from Jesus. Church history has shown when there's been a great move of God, many times what's gotten the way is the flesh of men. You gotta take down and pull down the distractions and say, it's about Jesus. It's about him first, him alone. It always has been, it always will be about Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me put it another way as we bring this down. There are some things that God is not going to do for you individually if you're not connected to the body of Christ. See, you know the differences between a laser and a spotlight. It's a concentration of the photons. That a spotlight is just that, it just, boom. But when you have a laser, you have the combination of focused photons that come together, come together and a laser light can cut through the hardest metal. If you ever wonder what the enemy is trying to keep you from, it's laser focus. What he's trying to keep us from is laser focus. It's time for the church to give up their differences and start marching the same way. Listen, the world we live in isn't half as concerned as you are with what you'll do with your prosperity. It's what you do with adversity. How do you react in moments of adversity? Because you can't write a check out of adversity. What are you going to do? What's the church going to do? Well, the Apostle Paul gives us that. And then you see the laser focus throughout so many accounts of the New Testament the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 41, 3,000 people 
became a Christian. But before then, 120 were together in the upper room with worship, prayer, and the Spirit showed up. That is miraculous, the 120 to the 3,000. And it went on from there. And then you look at verses 41 through 47. They devoted. They had every, everyone had a sense of awe that came over them. Meals together. You got all the plural harmony that shows up. And so you see that it was done together under the house. Let me give you six practical steps very quickly, very quickly, to build church unity and also unity in your homes. Very quick. Number one, build each other up. Build each other up. We can all act like Christians in this room right now, but when we leave this place, it'll be the true test. Are we going to tear somebody down? Come on. Come on. Do you got two flows coming out of your mouth, fresh and salt water? Come on, are you forked tongue? We're called to build each other up. Don't quit tearing each other down. We want unity. Well, we're just going to tear each other down. No, we're here to build each other up. That's what Hebrew says. We come together to get encouragement. Come on, quit tearing down. When you're tearing down the body of Christ, you're tearing down Jesus. You're tearing down you. We don't see that many times. Start building the body of Christ up. Recognize that every person has value. Jesus came upon the scene where people were saying, I'm putting a dollar sign. You look like a million bucks. Wow, you're amazing. You look like trillions of dollars. Jesus said there's intrinsic value inside of every human being, and I love them. And I gave, and I shed my blood, and I gave my life for them. Intrinsic value inside. Three, focus on what's important. Church, quit focusing on what's not important. And we need to get better at this at the body of Christ because we'll listen to people in the, I'm going on a little bit here and I, I hope you love me. We'll let people talk down this body and we won't say something many times. That is not the body of Christ. What? Fear of man is a snare. You're snared. You're snared. You have been snared. That's a strong word from the Lord. Don't let people in your home talk down your marriage. Talk down your workplace. Focus on what's important. What is, well, you know, if you're just complaining about everything, you probably need to check your goalpost. Limit out freedoms out of love for each other. The Apostle Paul talks about that all the way through Galatians. We just don't, we just don't give out our freedoms, whatever we want to do when we think we do. No, we're we're a born-again believer. We have freedoms in Jesus Christ and we're under his name. And so that leads me to the next one. Don't force your opinions on others. Come on, what's your opinion? Don't force your opinion on somebody else. Oh, it's a matter of my conscience. Now I want you to be on your conscience. No, 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 no. Scripture talks about that. Don't force your opinion, your conscience on somebody else. It's your opinion, own it. And last, live by faith. Live by faith. Those are just six quick ones. One mind together, same place, and we see God showed up. And how did he show up? Verse 43, many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. In other words, God was showing off, showing out because they came together as lasers, not as spotlights. 
with that much power coming into the church, you better watch out. You better watch out because when we leave this place in one spirit today, he's promised us miracles. He's promised us the miraculous. Amen. With that much power, with that much power, with that much power, then you can pray real specific prayers and expect them to be answered in Jesus' name. Right? The Holy Spirit coming and bam. Then you have Acts chapter 4, and I won't go into read all of that, but you know, the, the, the body of Christ is here, and these threats come upon the Apostle Paul, and then the church raised their voices together in one accord in prayer to God, and they were praying about the same thing, and they were praying about, about, about the, the same thing. The Holy Spirit shows up in power, and, and you see in verse 29, but before I get there, I just want you to see this. Everyone has haters. Yeah. There's a lot of people drinking haterade out there today. Yeah, everybody's got haters. Haters. People that hope you choke right now. Lies on you, talks about you, but when God gets ready to bless you, no one can stop it. Nobody, nobody can stop the blessing of the Lord. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Nobody can stop the blessing of the Lord. Nobody. Nobody can stop the blessing of the Lord. Come on. God's the one that gives increase. He's the one that takes us up. We said last week, he's the one that made us the head and not the tail. And then you see the church prayed in Acts chapter 4, and you see this unity in the spirit, earthquake in the jail. Come on. When you have unity in the spirit, there was an earthquake in the jail, and they walked out free. Amen? So it's time for the church to begin to arise, that there would be unity in the spirit, so that there would be an earthquake in the jail. Why am I saying this? Because it's not about us. There are people in bondage. There are people in this room today. You're in bondage. You're in bondage. You're, you're bound to something. So, so when there's unity here, there's going to be an earthquake in the jail. That means the prison doors are going to fly open. That means, as we're seeing not only here, but we're going to see in Clearbrook and beyond, that, that when this church is unified and we're moving together towards the same goal, we will see people run to their freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. This is what this is about. This is about Jesus. That's about him.